Life by Divine with Sue Tomei fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue Demay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue Demay. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in. Once again, I'm. it's an honor here to be here and to be sprinkling your life and influencing your heart with love. And today we're going to be talking about tricks and tools to unblock your intuition. I get so many questions and so many comments like, um, I can't hear my intuition. I can't sense it. I, I don't know it. I don't know if, it, if that's what it is. How do I discern between my head and my heart? These are common questions I get over and over and over again. So I'm really feeling inspired a lot to really help people understand their intuition on a different level. When we can create an understanding at the level of the mind, then we can actually easily unlock our intuition. And it's actually only our mind that's actually blocking it. And so today I'm going to go into some of the common kind of things I see around blocks, but also looking at your own mind and your judgments and how they actually feed your ego and continue to block your intuition even more. When we start to explore the different senses, I'll kind of go into some different tools and tricks and stuff that I've used along the way and also that I teach in the Intuition Academy. So I'm going to give you, you know, whatever I can today in the time we have and, and share enough that you can start to use these little tricks and tools right away. I don't want you to delay any longer. And the biggest challenge I find for people is your mindset. So right, right away, right here and now, I want you to forgive everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know about intuition. Forgive everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know about your blocks to your own intuition. And what this allows us to do, if you just imagine forgiving that all over, letting spirit hold it, putting it in the garbage can beside you, putting it in a backpack beside you, doesn't really matter. Your intention is to offer over everything you think you know and everything you think you don't know. And the purpose in that is to open the mind. If you already think you know, then there's a block in the mind already. You already have a filter. So pretend that you don't know. Pretend that you know nothing about anything. That's one of my chapters in the book, The 30-Day Guide to Navigate Life When the Shift Hits the Fan. Stand up, stand out, stand strong. I know nothing about anything. It's a powerful tool to empty the mind of your preconceived notions some of the programming and filters and fear and the ego-based agenda, all of it. Imagine you could just empty it all like you're emptying a bowl. An empty mind is an open mind. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the difference between knowing and knowledge because that's really important too when we're opening the heart to really tap into our intuition. We need to open the mind. Because everything that we receive is actually being filtered through the mind. And when we have an open mind, 
that guidance and that intuition can just come streaming through without any filters, without any blocks, without any bricks in the way, without any walls, without any fear. When we have an open mind, we can be in a state of curiosity and wonderment. And those are two beautiful qualities to allow the guidance to come through. So when we tap into knowing versus knowledge, knowing is in the heart. We have a knowing in the heart that goes beyond the physical mind. It's a knowing that is beyond logic and reason. It's a knowing that we can tap into at any time. It is a knowing that is always there, ever present, no matter what is happening. Your intuition is always available. Your internal GPS is always there. And it's you that's either blocking it or you've flipped the switch and you turned it off. And it's not even really ever really off, but it's off at the level of the mind. So a closed mind will turn off that connection to your intuition. Your ability to tune into your intuition is always available to you. Now, how our intuition speaks to us, how the messages come through and to us will, de will be determined based on who we are as individuals on, in our humanness, but also it is determined based on how many filters and how many walls and how many blocks you have in place. We were born intuitive. We are all born intuitive, all of us, every single one of us. Some of us are, are tapping into it. Some of us forget about it and get programmed to, to doubt it, to fear it, to be confused by it, to, to stop using it, to be logical and reasonable, to get into our heads instead of our hearts. A lot of the programming that we receive creates doubt in our intuition. But we were all born naturally intuitive. When we tap into the knowing in our heart, we are tapping into the divine nature and source of who we are. In other words, we're tapping into God, source, spirit, the divine, the universe, source, whatever, whatever feels comfortable for you to name it. You can name it whatever feels good. You can name it popcorn if you want to. It doesn't really matter what you, word you use. It's the meaning you place behind it. So when we all tap into that oneness, that divinity, and we tap into the knowing, it's that knowing that comes through us that is serving us and everyone else. It's serving all of humanity, the planet, everyone and beyond. So it's that knowing that we're really yearning to reconnect with and to remember. Now, then there's knowledge. Knowledge is at the level of the mind. Knowledge is something we gain. Knowledge is like programs being downloaded or software being downloaded into the mind. Knowledge is, sorry, knowledge is those downloads. Knowledge is that software being downloaded into the mind. When we mistake knowledge for knowing, that's when we can crimp off our intuition. I'm not saying knowledge is, is not important. 
It is. The way we can embrace our humanness and embody our divinity at the same time is when we can allow that intuitive knowing to meet our mind's knowledge. So then we use the knowledge in relationship with the knowing. But it's the knowing that's leading us. It's the heart that's leading us. And it's the mind that takes the passenger seat to come along for the ride. What we've been programmed to do is lead with our head. What we've been programmed to do is get into our head, think about things, analyze, and all of that is, is and fear things up there. So all of that is actually blocking or crimping our intuition. Now, I know I've talked about this in different ways before, so stay with me and pretend that this is fresh and new and you haven't heard this before. Remember, you know nothing about anything because that will open your mind to receive what you're meant to receive today. Sometimes we need to hear things differently and sometimes we need to hear things over and over again in order to really let it sink in at the level of the mind to create an understanding that clears the filter or clears the block. So bear with me here. I want to I want to teach a little bit before we get into the actual tools and using some of the senses and the way that intuition can come in for you. When we allow the knowing in our heart to lead, when we allow our heart to lead the way, and we marry it with the knowledge, the knowledge comes along. That's where our intuition can be the strongest because there's no filter, there's no block. There's nothing in the mind that we're filtering. So the first sense is actually knowing. When we have that deep knowing, we just know. It's a knowing that goes beyond logic and reason. It's a, it's a knowing that goes beyond the mind. It goes beyond the knowledge in the mind. And sometimes it's a stretch for us even to follow the knowing, to follow our intuition. When we support both the knowing and the knowledge, we can marry the heart and the mind and the heart and the mind are in alignment. The heart is still leading, but the mind is in alignment with the heart. And that's where we can remember our intuitive nature. That's where we can embody our heart. Yes. And know it and trust it and align with it and make choices based on that that true heart yes, that knowing. When we can be in alignment like that, we're living life by divine. We are allowing the divinity to work through us, that force of, of love to move through us, animate us. And at the same time, we are using the knowledge to apply so for me, I'm, I'm being a channel right now. I don't really know what's going to come out of my mouth. And I have a knowledge that is a foundation that, of understanding of what I'm teaching. So I don't block what's coming through my mind because I have a level of understanding about it. So that's where marry, marriage of the heart and mind is really powerful. And that's where we can embrace our humanness and embody our divinity at the same time. That's where we can be in an awakened state or a higher conscious state and serve humanity and serve others, deliver the message that they need in the way that they need to hear it without our own filters 
and without our own fear getting in the way. So that's knowing, understanding knowing. I want to go into a little bit more of the other senses so you can have an understanding on, on a deeper level of how intuition actually comes in and then what are the filters or what are the blocks in those particular senses. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit because this topic came in Sunday night. I had a dream. So I don't always dream. I often travel. I do a lot of soul travel and healing for, for my clients and my inner circle. Those clients are people that I'm working with, my community members, that sort of thing. I, I tend to do a lot of soul travel at night. So sometimes I have a recollection of where I went and who I was connecting with and who I was working with on a soul level or energetic level. And then other times it just processes through a dream. It's kind of a dream state where I'm communicating with guides or different people. So on Sunday night, I had this interesting dream. I was in this kind of an in-between dream state and in-between travel state. And I had this experience where I was talking to a spiritual guru. I don't know who it was. I don't know where they live. I have no idea. They were somewhere in the world. And I was talking to them about intuition and how it expresses itself and how some people are blocked. And the words that were coming through were just kind of flowing through my mouth. And we were just having this conversation. And I suddenly had this vision of when we block our intuition, it's like kind of putting our hands above our eyes or plugging our ears. So, you know, when people are like, what, what do you have to say? And then they plug their ears and they're like, la, 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 I can't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> Those earplugs, our own fingers sometimes are what, what we need to actually look at. Those are the filters. So those are the things that are stopping us. So then I had this vision of the, the monkeys where one's covering its eyes. I can't see, I can't hear, one's covering its ears. I can't speak, one's covering the mouth. And I woke up, it was about 4, 3.30 or 4, and I felt like really inspired to get up and write it all down. And I was really intrigued by the conversation I had with this spiritual guru, wherever they were and whoever they were. So I got the message about tricks and tools for intuition. I, I received that download. I received the, the description of it. And then I started to get little pieces in, of the puzzle of what to share and how to share it. This is how my intuition sometimes comes through. Sometimes it comes through my dreams. Sometimes it comes through when I'm sleeping, when, I'm, when I, my mind is the least resistant. And sometimes it comes through with beautiful downloads and divine connections in the middle of the night when I'm traveling and my soul is doing a little bit of traveling and healing work for others. That's one way it comes in for me. Some of you may be experiencing that. Some of you may not, and that's totally okay. So it's not about comparing and it's not about trying to make your intuition do something. It's not about making or, or making something happen or getting upset or judging what's not happening for you. That is enough to block it there, right there, your judgment. Judgment is the best way to block your intuition. When you look at how it comes in for you and you can nurture the way it's coming in for you, then other ways will kind of sprout and open up. So a lot of people that I have going through the Intuition Academy in the beginning will have ways that their intuition kind of comes up and, and this is how I usually get information. This is how I get messages. And then as we go through the academy or even beyond when they do, maybe some continue to be in the community and continue to do the healing work to clear the blocks. 
suddenly there's different ways that their intuition will come through. So it starts to expand their scope of the way they receive messages. And this may happen for you as well. So as you're listening, you'll be like, oh yeah, that's how I get messages. Oh, I never really thought that I got a message that way. But now that she's saying that I do. So I'm, I'm encouraging you to remain open and curious without judgment and think into how do I get messages now and be open to those shifting and expanding, but not forcing. I remember one time way back when I first opened my studio, I had a mind body studio for fertility. I was teaching fertility yoga and supporting women to conceive. And I went to a workshop at that time and I really wanted to start to be able to see, I've, I've seen energy before. I've seen auras before when I was younger, but I really stepped away from it. I, I closed off, I guess, cause I was scared. I didn't understand it. It was, it was different for me and no one around me had that experience. So I felt a bit of a, like a freak or I was abnormal. So I closed it off and I went to this one workshop and I went and I met this woman who's like, they call her the great seer. Like she was born seeing probably like the matrix. She was actually seeing energy. She, I don't know that she even knows what the human eyes can see. I don't think she's had that experience. Her whole life has been just energy. So seeing energy bodies and and the movement of the energy. So she doesn't actually see human form. So I was working with her and I was really like desperately wanting to see. And by the time I was done that workshop, my head hurt so much. My mind was sore. My, my sixth chakra, the chakra here at the front of my forehead was depleted and exhausted and wide open. And, and I just had to really ton of, take a break. I pushed it way too hard trying to see. When I let go of needing to see or wanting to see or trying to see, my sight started to come back in, but not right away. I had to, I had to remove the blocks and, and the obstacles and the filters that I had. So when we look at knowing, that's that level of the mind, that, that aligning the mind with the heart's knowing, so com- marrying the knowledge and the knowing, and or releasing the knowledge so that we can actually connect to the knowing, because sometimes the knowledge actually interferes with the knowing. So knowledge is much like truth, at the time that's purposeful but we need to be willing to let go of that knowledge because eventually once we unwind the mind enough we sometimes need to let go of that truth and then there's another truth that comes in and it's like a a finger pointing to the knowing so we have these fine posts or these things that come in in the way of knowledge that serve until they don't so we can't be attached to them we need to be willing to let those pieces go when we look at seeing, again, you can imagine you're, you're standing there with either your hands right over your eyes or you're blindfolded. You even have a blindfold on. Some people are actually living blindfolded. They don't want to see at all. They're afraid to see. So they have hands over their eyes or blindfold on. That's an extreme example of blocking and filtering what we see in the way of intuition. So we can see with our physical eyes, or we can see with our insight, which is intuition. So there's two seeings that I talk about, two sights. So eyesight and insight, two different things. So the eyesight 
is with our physical eyes. When you look around the room right now, you can see different things. You have a preconceived notion. Everything you see is being filtered through the mind and filtered through a level of understanding, a level of knowledge that you have. So if you look at a chair, then you're like, there's a chair. You have a knowledge or an understanding that that's a chair. Why? Because someone told you that somewhere along the way, someone told you that's a chair. And if somewhere along the way, someone told you that a chair was actually a dog, you would look at it and see a dog. And maybe you saw a dog and you would see a chair. It's like, that's all programming. The meaning we place on things, the definition we place on things is all based on our programming, what we learned growing up. So there's eyesight. When we look at our eyesight, looking around the, the world, I want you to imagine you have these veils in front of you. And some of them are thicker than others. And some of them are kind of a, a thin veil. So you can kind of see through them, but it's a little bit blurry. You're not quite sure what the image is. So we have these, the world around us that we see, and then we have these veils behind that. And when we start to remove these veils, we can start to actually see with our physical eyes, different things. So I can actually see the aura around people. I can see energy. Not always, it doesn't always come in that way, but I, I do have the ability to see energy. When I'm working with people, sometimes their, their illness or their disease shows up as an energy. Sometimes I see it, sometimes I feel it and sense it. So when I, when I can see it, sometimes it's a color, sometimes it's an image, sometimes it, my eyes are open and I physically see it in my body. So there's different levels of seeing with the physical eyes. And then there's insight, which is a seeing that it goes beyond the physical. And I'll often do that when I'm working with people, often I'll close my eyes and I'll see into their body. I'll see into their energy field. I'll see and I'll feel it. And sometimes it actually comes into my own body. It's our energies dancing and I can sense and see and feel what's happening for them. So Seeing is about removing the veils, removing the mask or the blindfold, taking your hands off your physical eyes and taking the blocks and removing the veils from your inner sight, that insight I was talking about. That are some ways that you can actually open up your eyes to see. Some of the tricks that have helped me in the way of seeing is when you're looking to see people's auras or energy, you can look at a surface, that, a neutral surface, have them stand in front of a neutral surface and be able to just take your eye to the edge of their, their peripheral, like just use your peripheral vision to take your eye to the edge of their face or their head and stare there. So you're kind of not quite staring at the wall. You're not quite staring directly at them. And then your eyes go a little bit of out of focus. And then you'll see, often see the aura or the energy field just around them. You can do this with trees as well. The tops of trees and looking at the sky, if the sky is blue, then you can actually use that as well. When we use sight and you're trying to see and you're, the keyword being trying, Often the third eye, which is right at the forehead, can get wide open and, and feel depleted. So you might actually end up with pressure at the forehead or pressure at in your sinuses. So if that happens, place your hand, a palm on the forehead at the front and the palm at the back directly behind, 
and just invite a closing of a curtain in the front to give it a break. So sometimes you might have to close it off and turn it off a little bit and then invite some of that energy to go back as well. So some of you might be doing it right now. And as I'm talking, it's actually your energy is responding to my voice because vibrationally I'm attuning to your energy and I'm going to invite your energy to come in. So we imagine the front closing a little bit like a curtain and you can always peek out of the curtain and take a look, but it doesn't have to be wide open. That's a desperate seeking and knowing and wanting to know. We close that and then there's this beautiful invitation for the energy to come toward the back to balance out the front and the back of that energy center. And then you can imagine the top of your head wide open, like a big, big, you know, can lifting the can, the lid of the can to allow some of that energy, energy to rise. So with seeing, it's about looking at at an object or looking at a person or looking at something and then unwinding the mind a little bit in the way of I have placed the knowledge or the meaning that is on this object or this person. I think I know what this is. I think I know what this person is. I think I know what this object is. But what if I don't? So it's just an opening in the mind. And of course, the miracles teaches this as well. It talks about the, the meaning we place on things. We can unwind the meaning we place on these things. So there's lots of different tools and lots of different ways to do this. But these are just some ideas that have worked for me or have worked with other people. So let's take a look at hearing. So when we hear intuition, a lot of people actually have their fingers in their ears. They want to hear, but they're afraid to hear. They say they want to hear, but they're nervous to hear or a lot of times that one of the biggest blocks for hearing is actually we are asking for guidance around something, but we're actually afraid to receive the guidance. We're afraid of what we're going to be asked to do. So we're at, we're afraid of our divinity guiding us in our humanness to do something that in our humanness we don't want to do, or we're afraid to do. And this is really common when people are faced with leaving a relationship or ending a job or some kind of big life transition. If we're afraid of what the guidance is, it's an instant block a lot of times. If we're afraid to hear, then it's often a block. So that's where it's really helpful to join with someone who's intuitive. Join, we do joining in our community all the time. People come to our private member page and members will post and say, hey, I have this decision. Can you, can you, can anybody tune in with me? And we help tune into their intuition and help them affirm what they're sensing or knowing or give them some direction so that they can get more confident in, in trusting their own intuition and removing the fear that may be blocking as the filter. So it's about removing the earplugs, taking your fingers out of your ears. And one way to do that, I, I will say to the client or I'll say to even for myself, it's like, I'm totally willing to hear the guidance and I give myself permission to listen and follow or not. So I may or may not follow the guidance, but I'm willing to hear what it is. So then that opens up the mind and takes away some of the fear. So even though I'm afraid, I'm willing to hear what the guidance is. And then I give myself permission to follow or not follow. So it allows you to exercise your human will still, but while listening to your soul's will, you can hear your soul's will, and then you get to choose on a human level, whether you want to follow it or not. 
that was really powerful for me to start to do that personally, but also working with my clients, it really makes a big difference to give them permission to follow or not to follow, but to hear first. When it comes to hearing, sometimes we can hear uh, an actual voice in our mind. I remember one person I was working with or friends with, they talked about hearing different accents and different guides had different voices. So they'd hear different voices. And then sometimes they would hear their own voice. A lot of times my guidance comes in as my own voice. And other times they can, intuition can speak through other people. So you may be having a conversation with someone and they say something and it really like just hits really deeply inside of you or it resonates or you get this like ping or ding or this expansion or this like, it's like almost like tapping on the knowing in your heart. They say something and it, and it resonates that something about it creates a, an impact inside of you. That's intuition. That's your intuition. Hearing through other people's words, hearing through a song. There's times where songs will come into my awareness. There's times where songs will come onto the radio and I'll feel like an emotional uh, trigger with them. I pay attention to that. If I'm in the middle of doing whatever I'm doing and a song comes in randomly in my mind, I pay attention to what the lyrics are because those lyrics are often a signal or a message that the divine is trying to get me to hear and or to point to something within myself that I need to heal and clear in order to hear. So hearing the messages comes through different ways. Sometimes we can hear noises. Sometimes we can hear words. Sometimes it's just uh, hearing through other people, like I said, or hearing music on the radio or hearing somebody talking, overhearing somebody talking next to you and them saying something and it like hitting you. Take it into your heart. What does this mean for me? What do I need to know about this? That's the next step is don't just listen, but Bring it in and integrate it. Bring it in and marinate with it. Reflect on it. Meditate on it. Whatever you need to do. So that's knowing, seeing, hearing. Let's drop into speaking. Now, speaking, I imagine a lot of people with their hand over their mouth, they want to speak, they want to feel heard, yet they're terrified to speak their truth, to have a voice. And there's so many people that I also work with one-on-one -on -one that I feel like someone's like strangling them. So there's almost like there's this hand at their throat. And a lot of people that have this end up having difficulty speaking and they'll have things go on with their, with their voice when they're speaking. <clears throat> I'm feeling it right now for some of you that I'm talking. And so I'm tuning into everybody who's listening as well. So I'm feeling that contraction in the throat for some of you. If this is the case, a lot of times what it is, is a, either a past life piece or a earlier childhood piece where someone somewhere along the way discouraged you from speaking your truth. And it can be something big and, and like it could have been a big trauma, someone actually choking you. It could have been a big trauma in the way of someone really aggressively keeping you silent or emotionally you know, emotional trauma, keeping you silent. And, or it could have been just a, an innocent kind of someone trying to take care of you or protect you and saying, oh, don't, don't say that, you know, people are going to judge you. It can be something as simple as that, that will close down that energy center or block our intuitive ability to speak. I know for me as a child, my nickname was Squeak. I would sit 
in the corner of her room and I would feel everybody's stuff, all their emotional stuff, all their physical stuff. I had, if they had physical pain, I felt it in my body. If they had emotional stuff, I felt it in my body as if it were my own and it would come like thorns constantly. So that overwhelm for me showed up as me just being really quiet and observant in the corner. But also I was terrified to speak up. I was terrified to have a voice. I was terrified to speak my truth or to share what was going on because my internal world was a crazy making feeling and, and no one was talking about this stuff on the external world. So I didn't want to be, I didn't want to stand out. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to belong. And if I started to actually share what was happening, especially the way I'm sharing it now with people back then they wouldn't have understood it and it would have been so far-fetched far-fetched from from the reality that people are living in that it just it would have paralyzed me even more to have that reflection back and there's a few times where I tried to share a little bit and people would like look at me strange I'd be like nope I closed my mouth and and put that hand over top or zippered it shut because I was like no it's not safe to talk it's not safe to speak and share my truth and not safe in the way like people just didn't understand it, but I was so afraid of judgment that that was a big, big block for me in speaking my truth. So now not a block anymore. Obviously I'm sitting here speaking to you quite openly. I'm sharing my message all over the place. And it's been a pro process of unraveling from that, from going from that shy little girl named Squeak to a global impact visionary leader, someone who stand on, stands on stage. I, my, my biggest audience was 10,000. And I loved being on, on that stage with 10,000 people. I love being on stage. It's actually home for me now. Give me a mic, give me a stage. I'm at home. Now, it's been a process of me unwinding and moving away from that fear and moving through that fear of judgment from others that has allowed me to stand and do the work I'm meant to be doing right now. And that's been about me removing all those filters, removing all that fear and, and progressively moving through to, to take the stage now the way I am meant to. I really feel a strong calling. I don't feel like for me, it's, it's a negotiable calling anymore. It's very clear that I'm meant to be doing this now. So that's knowing, seeing, hearing, speaking. We're going to go into a few more after the break, but I'm just going to take a quick little break and we'll be right back. This is a clarion call for all healers, intuitives, empaths, light leaders, visionaries, and conscious souls. We are here to usher in deep healing and profound awakenings, to shift our collective consciousness from head to heart, to ignite hearts and unite in love for each other and our planet, to illuminate our path and the path for others. Our heart-led living community is a place to come home and to shine bright as beacons of love from this house of light. Join our Heart Yes movement and experience a sacred healing community of support as you discover how to embody your true heart yes, to hear and trust your intuition as you answer the deepest call of your heart. Take Sue's hand and open your heart to receive the support you need to heal self, be the change, and play your part in the healing of the whole of humanity. Join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. Again, join us at heartledliving.com forward slash become a member. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Life by Divine, and my name is Sue Janae. We've been talking today about the tips and tricks and tools that you can use to unblock your intuition. I talked about how our intuition is just our natural way of being. We are naturally intuitive, and it's our programming, and it's our mind that actually stops and blocks and creates these filters for our intuition. So when we receive something, instead of it just instead of receiving that knowing and allowing that knowing and saying yes to it, we receive the knowing and then it goes through the filter in the mind and then the outcome and the action is based on the filters. So it's essential that we we clear the filters in the mind. It's essential that we mm, break down those barriers and break down those walls so that we can actually listen and tune in and feel into our intuition. So I was talking earlier about the knowing and seeing and hearing intuition, speaking intuition. Now I'm going to talk about feeling. So when we look at feeling intuition, sensing it in a feeling state, a lot of times I get physical messages through for other people through my body. So that's very common for an empath. So those that are empathic healers, they'll feel people's emotions as if they were their own. Or, so it's like a deep empathy and, or they can also feel both they can do is feel physical sensations in the body too. There was a few times where I was getting, I was new to the understanding that I would get physical messages and how they actually processed. And there were times where I would actually have pain and I'm like, oh, why do I have this pain? It was sudden onset and the client would come and they're like, I've had this pain for like, I'm like, oh, it was yours. And then it instantly cleared from my body. So I started to recognize and like, oh, it wasn't mine. It was actually theirs. It was a message that was coming through, kind of giving me insight to the work I needed to do with that client that was on, on their way or coming the next day. So feeling in, in the body can be the physical feeling, can be a sense or a sensation. It can be like just a, an uneasiness. I'm sure many of you have that experience where you walk into a room and you're like, whoa, something went down here. Like the, the energy of the room is off and you can feel it and sense it. That's the feeling. That's your intuition. That's I, I often call it my, my mummy senses or my spidey senses, especially if my son's trying to sneak up on me and I turn around and he's like, how do you know? I'm like I can feel you coming a mile away. So when we're feeling into our in, intuition in the way of a feeling, it can come in a, in a physical sensation. We can feel it energetically. We can feel it as an emotion. It can come in in many different ways. The, the challenge is how we block it or the things that we use to stop it are things that numb us out or we're feeding the disconnect. So, and that could be food, that could be alcohol, that could be drugs, that could be any kind of thing. And something as simple as what we are eating can influence our intuition. So for example, for me, because my body is quite hypersensitive, it's very heightened in its sensitivity. And that's part of my gift to be able to really tune into people at that level I need a bit more rest than other people. I need different foods than a lot of people. So people can, I know other healers that can eat whatever they want to eat. For me, there's certain foods that actually support my physical body and support my intuition that way. And then there's other foods that kind of dumb it or numb it down. I remember when I was 
I was doing a treatment because I had parasites and a pathogen and some other thing going on all at the same time. And so I was using these homeopathic remedies. So they were gentle on the body, but my dosing was like a quarter or half of what most people would handle because of my body sensitivity is so high. And at the same time, when I was on those remedies, I had to take them for a full month at a time. I found that my intuitive gift was kind of dumbed down a little bit. It was like numbed out a little bit. So I couldn't sense and feel and, and it wasn't as heightened as it normally was. As soon as I went off those things, it actually took like a, a skyrocket up the, the vibrational attunement just went whoo, way up again and then expanded more because I was clearing these things within my physical body that were actually pulling on my system. So the parasite and the pathogen were all kind of creating a lower vibrational density that was influencing how my intuition was coming in, how I was feeling things. So, but a lot of people, I know for me growing up, I didn't understand my gifts. So I would use alcohol and drugs and stuff to numb it out because it was just too painful. Everybody's pain and emotions. It was just too much for me. So it was very confusing. And I ended up, you know, abusing drugs and alcohol for a long time. So I don't drink any alcohol at all now. I haven't for over a decade. I don't do any, any drugs. I don't even use Tylenol, Advil or anything like that. For the most part, I, I eat very clean for the most part. And I find that actually doing green juicing every day is something that heighten, heightens my intuition. So on the days that I do green juicing for you know three to five times a week at least daily, if I do it daily, it's like it heightens it even more. So I tend to do a lot of green juicing for me. So there's certain things that you'll be able to discern that, oh, when I'm actually eating cleaner, I feel more intuitive. Or when I'm actually drinking more water, I feel more intuitive. So for a lot of people too, if you're, if you're hydrated, it actually supports your intuition as well, because all of those neurons and connections that we need when we're using our intuition in the physical form that we need, then those are all working more efficiently when we're hydrated. So tuning into that for yourself and seeing what, what helps with the feeling, how the feeling, what, what way your intuition's coming in and the way of feeling. Now, tasting and smelling is kind of a funny one. People don't always talk about these ones, but it's important to look at with taste, sometimes we can have intuition that comes in in the form of taste. And it can be like a familiar taste or some weird taste in the mouth. It's not always uh, ours. It could be someone else's, but it often will come in in that form as well. And I remember one time I was working with somebody and I, was, I had my hand on them and I was talking about kind of feeling into their blood. And as I brought my awareness to their blood, I could taste iron on my tongue. And when I tasted that, I mentioned something and then she's like, oh yeah, I have this iron deficiency thing. I can't remember what it was called. It was some, some health issue that had to do with iron. So it, it was affirming. She affirmed what I was sensing and tasting really when it came to my intuition. Another time I was working with somebody and I had a really distinct smell, like a tobacco smell, like smoke tobacco. And I almost was looking around. It was at my studio at that point. I was looking around to figure out if someone was maybe smoking in the hallway or outside or something. And I mentioned I, I'm smelling tobacco. And at the time she was actually remembering her uncle 
who always smelled like tobacco. So it was, again, confirming as soon as she mentioned that, as soon as we talked about it, the smell disappeared. Another time I had a smell, it was like a smell of a musty, damp basement. I'm like, I, I smell like a basement. It's like damp. I smell, it's kind of moldy. And she's like, yeah, that, that's the basement I was held in when I was kidnapped as a six-year-old. So she was actually taken and, and kidnapped and held in a basement for a period of time. And she had, that's the memory she was having at the time. So smell can, the smell and taste can sometimes be used as an intuitive kind of hit or a message coming through as well. Basically, the divine within us will send us messages in whatever way we're most open to at the time and the whatever way we're most receptive to receive the message. And how it comes in for you will be a little different than how it comes in for others, but it can also evolve and change and shift. The key is to be wide open and curious and willing to have the messages come in for you. Now, messages may come in intuitively for you and or for other people. If you're a healer, if you're a light worker, you're meant to be working and supporting other people, you may get more and more messages for other people. If it's for you, tuning in and being willing and open to hear the message is essential in order to heal and to remove those blocks and filters. So ways to ask the questions to open up those channels is what am I afraid to see? What am I afraid to hear? What am I afraid to say? What am I afraid to sense or know? Those are ways that we can open up to allow the messages to come through. You can start to discern what are the filters that are in place that are blocking me? What are the things that are stopping me from seeing, sensing, knowing, feeling, understanding, smelling, tasting my intuition? So using all of your senses and beyond your senses, and even being curious about your dreams, like I said, I mentioned earlier, a lot of times we'll process things on more of a subconscious level in our dreams. I remember I used to have these dreams all the time, these anxiety dreams around finding a bathroom. I can't find a bathroom and I really had to go to the bathroom. When I finally find a bathroom, I'd walk in and there's no doors on the stalls. And then there's a big picture window and everybody's looking in and it had no privacy. So that was one of my dreams. A recurring dream. It was always different circumstances. Sometimes it was finding an outhouse and it was already overflowing. And it was just like, I, I just couldn't take, I couldn't handle even getting into it. Those are the kinds of dreams that came in when I was feeling anxious about something. So when I woke up from those dreams, I would ask myself, what am I anxious about? What in my life am I anxious about right now? And usually it would come in like kind of a first like glimpse or hit. The image would come in right away or the sense of it would come in right away. And I would follow that and pay attention to that. When we're tuning into intuition, it's often the first thing that pops in. The ego likes to add on and create a story or take us down a little wormhole or, or detour. So go with the first piece that comes in and trust it. Start to trust it more and more and more. And as you do, you build confidence and you'll be able to stand in your intuition feeling more like you have that deep trust again. And it's a process of removing the blocks and remembering your intuitive nature and coming back to that, like coming back home. One other piece I'll share before we head out, before we finish up here, is asking those questions instead of looking at it more horizontally, like looking out in the world for the answers. So on, in our humanness, looking out with our human eyes, in our humanness, looking outward 
and in that kind of that horizontal plane, I would invite you to start to ask questions in the vertical plane. So I often will bring my eyes, close my eyes and then bring them up, look up a little bit into my eye and my eye sockets. And I would ask from more of the vertical plane. So God, spirit, the divine, whoever it is, your soul, your spirit, whoever it is you want to speak to, asking the questions from that higher place of knowing. Or you can drop into your heart space. That's another way to do it. So again, it's vertical. You're either going up to, to the divine or coming into your heart, which is a bridge to your soul, a bridge to the divine. So when we come into the heart space, the physical heart space, we can tap into that knowing as well. So it's less horizontal asking and inquiry, and it's more vertical inquiry, heart or the divine nature, and being able to tap into that. The answers that come from there are going to be more the knowing versus the knowledge. The one other piece I'll share really quickly because it's just coming in right now as a snippet, although it's like a, it's a big part of the teaching in, in the Intuition Academy too, we do talk about this, is to recognize that our mind is actually not just in our head and our mind is actually in every cell of our body. This is what I call soul embodiment. To be able to recognize that your mind is not just in your brain or in your head, but your mind is in every cell of your body, we can actually wake up and activate the whole mind versus the segmented mind, which most of us are operating at, which is our head. So we can actually expand beyond the physical brain and the physical head and recognize that our mind is more expansive and our heart is more expansive than our physical body. So that's a bit of a stretch for some of you, but I felt to to give that to some of you because I feel like there's a piece that you need in that. And if you want more information on that, I do have a, a short video. I talk about soul embodiment and I explain it a little bit more on our Heart Yes Movement group on Facebook or on Instagram. You can find me at Sudame there and Pinterest as well. We, we've been sharing some of the, the videos there. So connect with me wherever you feel inspired and let's stay connected in between the radio show so that I can help you and continue to awaken your intuitive nature, help you remember as you remove all these blocks and filters that you are an intuitive being and that intuition is actually your natural state of that state. And it's a natural way of being for you. So it's remembering that. And then to be able to embrace our humanness and embody our divinity at the same time is marrying that knowing with the knowledge we have that we've been given here on this earth. So I'm going to invite you to come to my website, heartledliving.com. I actually have a new uh, gift set, Heart Yes gift set, which will help you. There is a new tool that I just recorded, and people have been asking this for a long time. It's called a Heart Yes check-in tool. Now you can go to the website and click on the link and open it up and listen anytime you want to. There's no opt-in necessary. You don't have to do anything. Just go and use it. When you're faced with a question or a decision, use that heart yes check-in tool and to be able to build your confidence so that eventually you won't need it, but for now you can use it. And or those big questions where you're maybe a little afraid of the answer, that's a really good tool to use. The heart yes check-in tool is available. 
If you opt in to become a free level member, our open level membership is free. You will get that gift set as well. All of the level memberships, you will get that gift set. It includes the Heart Yes check-in tool. It includes 48 hours access to stop self-sabotage through the ego game of opposites. And it also includes a Love Deeply Now meditation. And then now I'm going to be starting instead of newsletters because I got intuitive intuition came in. My intuitive message was to stop sending newsletters and to start sending lessons and blessings. So basically, you're going to get a little love letter from me each week, which is going to be a lesson and a blessing. There's no upsells. There's no, you know, I'm not sharing and and doing any kind of bling bling. It's not a newsletter. It's just a love letter. And I'm starting to do that this week. So if you're interested in signing up and receiving those, those blessings on a weekly basis from me and having these lessons kind of trickle into your inbox and land there for you, then you can join me at heartledliving.com. And on the main page, we're just working on a new graphic, but you'll see the heart. Yes. Or the heart. Yes. Gift set. And you can opt in to become any level membership, even the free level membership, you'll get that gift set. So there's lots of different ways I can support you in helping you tune into your intuition and start to really stand solidly in it. And there's lots of tools in the world. There's lots of tools on the internet. There's so many things. Do not get overwhelmed. Use your intuition to guide you. If you're meant to work with me, you'll know in your heart. You'll feel a heart yes, or you'll feel a nudge, or you'll feel a little ping. Follow that ping. Follow that nudge. Follow the heart yes. If you're meant to work with somebody else, follow the heart yes. If you're meant to get a book, listen to a radio show, listen to a podcast, read a blog, whatever it is, your heart will actually lead you to everything you need exactly when you need it. If you trust and tune in more and more and just ask your heart, what am I meant to do? Is this for me? Is this not for me? Just tune in and get the guidance. You got to check in. That's important. The intuition doesn't work unless you're checking in and listening and paying attention to it. So set an intention to pay, pay attention to it. Intention to pay attention. All right. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. I see you. I love you. Until next week. Namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com.